Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome to Small Business Digest Radio. My name is Don Mazzella, and I am your host for a program devoted to identifying strategies and suggestions to help small business managers increase profits, add sales, better manage cash flow, improve employee management, and streamline operations. Our guests are other entrepreneurs and experts offering their solutions to the problems and opportunities facing small business leaders. Our aim in each program is to provide one or two thought-provoking ideas or suggestions. So follow us on Twitter at hashtag 2SBDigest or at our website at www.smallbusinessdigest.net. I love that opening. More importantly, uh, my engineer loves it uh, more than I do. Welcome to today's program, which we're going to uh, do a little bit differently. We have with us Carrie Warburg-Lock. She's a founder and CEO of EarthKind. She'll t- talk about that in a minute. And also, we're lucky enough to have Jonathan Nelson. He's CEO of Modern Promos. He talks about impactful brand experiences. Um, I, I asked the uh, Jonathan to join us because Carrie has a pro- product that we all can use, which is uh, uh, insect repellent. And Jonathan, uh, and she also faces some of the problems that many small businesses have, which is how do you promote, how do you get get a useful, necessary product and get it into the hands of more people. Carrie and Jonathan, welcome to the program. Good morning. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks uh, for having us. Carrie, we're going to start first with you, which we always do with our guests. Tell us a little bit about yourself personally before we talk about anything else. Okay, well, I'll, I'll give you um, one of the best jobs I ever got. They said, what's three words? I said, bright, witty, and charming, and I got the job. So I'll stick with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm an inventor. And um, I'm the founder and CEO of EarthKind. I've started about eight companies um, in the past. Um, all, all of them were really just to make extra money, something I thought I could do better than anybody else. And they were all niche-type businesses. Um, the business that I have today, however, um, I have a big, uh, grandiose vision for that. So I'm doing everything I can as a small business to to really grow and get the word out and get our products on the shelves of all the retailers nationwide um, so that they can solve their pest problems um, naturally without having to call in a pest control company, spend a lot of money, or use chemicals. Um, so when I started this, this last business, it really was um, around a problem. I was a farm wife, and there wasn't anything that could keep mice out of our tractor cabs. 
um, there was poisons, which I didn't want to use around my kids and pets and lure them in and kill them, right? There was ultrasonic things that you could plug in, but there really wasn't any way to, to plug them in. So um, this business was, Earthkind was really born around um, that problem, um, rodents on the farm. Uh, so that was the first brand that I created and built. Um, that's a $50 million brand today. Um, we're still a small business that's cumulative sales out there, what people have actually um, paid for that product. And like any great um, invention or brand, it's, it's, uh, it starts, I think, with the you know, blinding glimpse of the obvious, just like an aha moment. Uh, for me, it was I was helping to pull start a truck on the farm, and I was in the truck in the front, and we hooked up the chains, and I was wearing shorts. And um, as I pulled ahead, a mouse ran up my leg, my bare leg, and it kept running. So you you can imagine what that felt like. It really freaked me out. And um, the first thought I had was to just spray perfume on it. And I had a bottle of perfume with me that day because it was the first time I was out. Uh, I wasn't even married to the farmer yet. And I used to drive trucks. I thought I'd impress him, you know. (laughs) I jumped in there. And uh, so I sprayed and sprayed and sprayed, and the mice ran off. Well, once I ended up getting married, I I went back to that moment, and that's where my research and development started. So kind of in a nutshell, that's that's the origin. Well, before we go further on that, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, my name is uh, Jonathan Nelson. I own Modern Promos. Uh, I started it... Uh, Several years ago, like I believe many companies have started as hobbies, um, we're based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota, and really over the last two years, we've had our greatest growth uh, from from pretty much a hobby to uh, an actual business. Um, and we're not at 50 million a year, but we're at um, you know we are uh, on track to do uh, multi million this year. Um, over the last 12 years, I've actually been in this space, so I started out doing exactly what we hire people to do. We hire brand ambassadors all across the country to, to execute, activate, and represent uh, a variety of different types of brands from automotive to um, CPG to food to technology clients all across the country. Okay. Um, that's fascinating. We'll get back to that. Now, Carrie. Tell us what your products are now and what you're specifically talking about today. Sure. i got to wave to Jonathan first. I'm over in North Dakota. Yeah, I noticed yeah. that. <laughs> you can almost see me maybe, you know, over the plane <laughs> from Minneapolis. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, with regards to your question, Don, EarthKind, uh, what our company is, is a pioneer in natural pest prevention for households everywhere. We're the creator of safe and effective repellents. Um, And what repellents do is they drive pests away. They don't kill them. They'll just push them out and keep them out. And our premier stay-away line ensures that rodents, spiders, moths, ants, beetles, and a product that you tried that isn't yet on the market, Don, literally stay away from homes, um, all while protecting humans, pets, and the environment. It's, a, it's really a revolutionary brand in the marketplace. 
because until we showed up at retail stores, 98% of the $2 billion market was all kill or hazardous chemicals. Um, and right now it's down to about 90%. So, so we're really an ambassador into that um, new category within pest control. But how, but how do you keep pests away? <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I know, know it's natural, but what, what, how, do, how does it work? <laughs> so that's where, that's where I come in. I'm the developer of the product. And um, at first I was going to just license this out, right? But nobody was doing it, so um, I did it. So each pest is, is really different. There's a lot of science actually behind each pest. But rodents, for instance, which was my first invention, um, was I, I figured out that rodents couldn't see very far, only just a few inches. So it was like, hmm, well, if they can't see, they must have a really heightened sense of smell, which, under, which makes sense why the perfume worked. And um, so that's, that's where I started in doing research like that. Um, I thought, hmm, okay, what's going to repel rodents? I tried peppermint, I tried different perfumes, I tried all kinds of things, and they work to varying degrees, like maybe for a day, maybe for a month, like peppermint. Everybody thinks that works. Well, it does for, you know, two or three months, which I had a, quite a testing lab out there in the farm. Um, and then it hit me. There was trees, like, you know, trees have evolved for millions of years, and rodents chew on bark. And I thought, hmm, okay, well, what makes rodents not chew on bark? And balsam fir trees develop these blisters on the, the tree bark. And um, it contains like balsam fir sap, right? And it drips down and rodents don't chew on the bark, killing the tree. So I made that discovery, um, tested it, brought it all the way through EPA, got an official federal EPA registration, which we've got five competitors now. Um, none of them have been able to reach that high of a level of... Um, of rigor on the products. So rodents are a public health risk. They cause damage and fires and all kinds of ugly things. So that's how that one started. Um, spiders, um, that was more of a simpler approach. I thought spiders are really difficult and there really isn't anything out there except sprays, which people hate to use because they stink and they're chemicals, right? Mm. So I thought, well, why not repel the insects spiders eat? No food, no spiders, right? Um, and moths, that's another one that, um, you know, it's been out there for a while. People have used cedar. It's actually the moth larva that, that caused the damage in your clothes uh, with closet moths because they lay their eggs in clothing where they have protein um, like hair and skin and stuff like that to, to uh, you know, grow up. And our product in that area places, um, there's a vapor where those it, the larva won't hatch and the eggs, so the moths won't lay their eggs in it. Um, with ants, we found that one quite by accident because in the pest control world, our products are used by professionals as well. And the ants weren't taking the tarot bait, <laughs> which is the poison bait, if our product was in the same vicinity. And we did research to find out why. And here, what happens, um, this is quite amazing with ants, but when ants go back into their colony, it's very orderly, and they come back in carrying their food, and they get checked out. 
okay, are they carrying a virus? Is there anything in this food that's bad or anything like that? And then they get rejected if there is. So the vapor of our product on the food makes ants leave a scent trail that says, nope, don't go here, don't go here. Even though it's all natural and, and, and safe and it smells good to us, to ants they find it very repulsive. Um, they're more scent sensitive than any critter on the planet. Um, with mosquitoes, for instance, um, lemon eucalyptus, what that does is it provides just a, a barrier around the body where you can't, um, you can't smell the human. <laughs> um, and it's exciting that CDC just came out um, with this information as well. And there's products out there on the market now that um, you know, people can use with lemon eucalyptus, again, all natural. Um, we have other products too. I won't take up all, all the time, but that's the basic premise, Don. Okay. And well, at 50 million, you're successful. What have you, yeah. uh, um, what <laughs> have you uh, found that made you success? How did you get into the store, uh, stores, for instance? Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know, that's that's the million dollar question, right? Um, there's always the hardest. I started small. I, I basically started with nothing and really literally nothing. I went out and, and got some grants. Um, and what I did was get samples of my product out to um, implement dealers. So people with really bad problems with mice and rats getting into combines. And I said, here, try this. Call me back if it works. Um, by that next season, we had our first distributor and we were pretty much in business um, because it solved that problem and nothing else had ever done that. Um, well, so we you... started one store at a time. John Deere picked us up, um, you know, and I, I gave samples and that's really what did it. And then I got on the radio and started talking about it, talking to farmers, doing talk radio. Um, and now we do other things. Now we've expanded. So that brand with rodents was real popular in farm and commercial. So we started another brand that spoke to a very different um, audience, females, um, moms with kids and pets, and that's the stay away line. And it's specifically made for inside use around the home. Um, and with that, we probably the thing that did the most for us was we won best new product of the year with that and that was by people's choice so people voted on it they used it they loved it they they saw that it was really revolutionary because we were the first company to come along and solve a difficult problem in a very pleasant way that was safe around kids and pets you keep mentioning we who is your team <laughs> yeah so no, the company's growing. It's a little different. I used to wear all the hats and do everything myself. Mm. And now we have, um, there's about 45 on any given day working with us. Um, we have a corporate office in North Dakota, and then we have a manufacturing plant down in um, North Carolina. And so we have production team now led by a plant manager who's also part of our manufacturing team. Um, and we have finance team, and that's in our office in North Dakota, and that's led by um, our controller and also part of our leadership team. Um, and then my husband works in the business, too, on the 
um, operations side, specifically with um, IT, um, helping with some of the legal type of stuff, which I'm still doing um, part of that as well. Um, and then we have sales teams. We have sales reps across the country. We're in about 11 different channels now, um, automotive, RV, farm and home, home improvement, specialty, implement, um, qu quite a few of them out there. So I lead the sales teams um, currently, and I also lead the marketing teams as well. So part of our growth getting into all the stores um, came because we were an early adopter of um, SEO. We were probably one of the first out there and we're really strong in that area. So I was like, how do you ever get your name out there for all these people that have problems, right? So you look at the population, there's billions of people in the country, right? Mm -hmm. And 70% of them or higher would need our product. So it's like, well, you can't really afford to advertise in the beginning. So we started out with PR, um, sending out press kits and trying, you know, trying to get people to talk about it and share with their customers, which they were very happy to, because there was problems and that their, you know, readers had that we solved. So they were happy about that. Um, and then SEO, being able to um, have keywords out there online that people are saying, you know, typing in, um, how do I get mice out of my house? Or how do I get rid of the cockroaches? Um, and then we're there. So being able to earn that organically, you know, you have to work really hard at it. <laughs> so we're constantly working at that. <laughs> Are you still? Uh, I'm going to go to Jonathan in a second. But I have to ask one question: Are you still on the farm, or have you given up the farm? <laughs> yeah, not on the farm anymore. Not on the farm. Unfortunately, we parted ways. My farmer husband is like, you know, you go, girl, but this is like, I'm just not into this whole thing. Um, and he was getting close to retirement age, so we happily parted ways and. He gave up the farming for lake life, and um, I gave up the farming for my business life. <laughs> it's kind of still like farming, actually, you know. I'm tending my soil all the time and, you know, putting new seeds out there to grow the brand. Well, uh, well let, let me turn to Jonathan for, uh, for a moment. You said uh, you had to get the word out, and Jonathan, that's what your business is about. Tell us a little bit about your business and how it works, and uh, we'll, we'll come back to, to Carrie because this is going to be a very interesting hour. So, Jonathan, tell us a little bit about your business. So uh, let me give you a little background, I guess, on, on how it all started. So uh, I've been in this space for a little over 12 years now, and I started out as a brand ambassador. So I would work and represent brands, uh, marketing agency, advertising agencies. And, and over the years, I would have uh, some of the agencies I work for ask me if I could help staff and help bring on additional brand ambassadors to work on programs that I may have been managing or, or working on. And really, that is kind of the core of our business, is that we have our own exclusive uh, proprietary database of over 20,000 brand ambassadors, mascot staff, around the country in the top 200 U.S. metro areas. So 
the core of our business is really was really just staffing at the beginning. Over the last 12 months, we've started to um, transition into um, being a full-service experiential and event marketing agency. So not only can we provide the staff, but we can also provide the concepting, the um, logistics, the um, event elements, if any event elements are needed, any type of um, you know, branded wearables, premiums. We can do everything from, from start to finish. Uh, which is what we we weren't in a position to necessarily do it at the beginning. Um, the advantage with us is that we have the proprietary staff. What happens is a lot of uh, brands out there they work with ad agencies and PR firms and other marketing agencies. And what ends up happening is there's different layers in there. So someone uh, a brand may hire an ad agency or a PR firm, and then from there they then hire a marketing agency who then turns around and subcontracts to us. So we were initially one of those um, one of those layers at the bottom. We might be three, four layers down as a as an execution agency. So really, over the last twelve months, um, we've been working with brands directly to uh, try to execute different types of strategies. So overall, we do kind of a variety of things. We can do anything from consumer type of events to guerrilla marketing to sponsorship type of events to trade shows. We have a staff that work. Um, out in the field, represent our clients from anywhere from you know New York City to LA. Uh, work at events from Comic Con to the Super Bowl, to just traditional uh, guerrilla marketing events where they're out engaging consumers that might be leaving a, a large scale event, might be leaving um, a sporting event, just might be out you know working their their daily life. You know they're out visiting local businesses, handing out um, special offers to drive you know consumers into one of our. And one of our, our restaurant franchisee brands. So we kind of have a, 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 a large uh, um, gamut of services that we offer for brands um, around the country. Hmm. Well, um, I'm going to stop both of you for a moment. I'll hope you both stay on because uh, our next guest, uh, Rico Elmore, he's founder of Fat, Fat Heads, uh, creator of an eyewear line. Has joined us. Are you on, Rico? I am, guys. How are you doing? Well, Wonderful. Good. We have with us Carrie Warburg Block. She's founder and CEO of uh, Earthkind. Uh, a whole line. Uh, I have just Earthline on there, but a whole line of, uh, I would say, animal re- rejection if in, uh, products. <laughs> And Jonathan Nelson, who's uh, CEO of uh, Modern Promos. Uh, I want to stop, Jonathan, a moment here and ask uh, Rico first to tell us a little bit about yourself personally, and then you're going to join the conversation, because um, uh, you, you, like Carrie, saw a need and acted on it. But tell us first a little bit about yourself personally. Well, I, uh, you know, uh, personally, I grew, I grew up and are uh, born and raised in Indiana, Central Indiana, and uh, the uh, the great Hoosier state. But uh, you know, one of the things that I, you know, I'm a, I'm just a, I'm a bigger guy, and and one of the biggest problems that I, you know, one of the bigger problems I had, you know, like a lot of, uh, you know, bigger people, is finding, you know, is finding clothing that that is uh comfortable and uh definitely was finding eyewear 
that was comfortable. And, uh, you know, I, uh, like most, you know, you try to use what you can find and try to make it look as good as it can. And, uh, you know, sometimes you can get away with that and sometimes you can't. But, uh, you know, uh, I've, uh, I'm married with, uh, with two children and, uh, you know, we're a small, small, uh, smaller operation and everybody here, you know, that we have is, uh, is family in one way or the other, whether they are or they aren't. So. So, so Rico, your, your product is eyewear for for bigger people. Yeah, so we make so I mean you can think you can think of it this way. So where everybody else stops making, you know, where their frame sizes stop, ours kind of begins. And uh, so we have some stuff that'll fit, you know, a regular noggin, if you will, and uh, we also. Uh, go all the way up to fitting uh, uh, the likes of a lot of NFL players who are, you know, who who wear our stuff as well. So, well, how did you get into the business? Well, I got into the business because I can never find anything to fit, as the story goes. And uh, <laughs> I uh, I told my wife, I said, uh, you know, I just told my wife, I said, you know. I, you know, we're going to, uh, I said, I'm going to start this company and we're going to call it fat heads and we're going to make eyewear to fit people with fat heads. And that was kind of the, uh, the thought of it when, uh, when I started it in, uh, March of 2004. And, um, a couple of years later, we, you know, started getting, uh, started getting some moves made, you know, happening. And, uh, but I never was in the eyewear business. I didn't know anything about it other than how to put them on your face. And uh, but I I did know this. I couldn't be the only person that was having this issue. And that's uh, that's exactly where it all that's exactly where it all began. Well, well, let me ask you a question. You decided to go into business. You knew nothing about it. So how did you go about doing it? Painfully. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very 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 painfully but uh now I mean I you know we we originally started where we wanted to do everything in you know in the United States and once you know we found an engineering firm that actually you know that we could actually uh you know that we could actually talk to and try to get things going with and once you know, once we talked to them, they uh, you know kind of helped you know move us down the road a little bit. But uh, at the end of the day, <clears throat> at the end of the day, there wasn't uh, there wasn't a lot of people that we had that we could utilize at the uh, at the time, uh, you know, within the United States. That was uh, you know that was. Uh, uh, that that had knowledge of it, I guess, is what what I'm trying to get at. And so eventually, when we started receiving some uh, some other, you know, some other uh, sizable orders, not huge, but other other things happening, you know, we we then uh, had to turn to China, and we were we were introduced to some folks that kind of helped us work through that over there. And when we started working with China, 
you know, yeah, it's all great in the beginning, and uh, and then you know the honeymoon's over, and you're just another one, a number over there trying to buy products. So, uh, you know, the great thing about it is now, is we are in the midst of transitioning, you know, transitioning our products back to the U.S. And uh, I'm happy to say that ninety ninety five percent of our sun frames are made in the U.S. And uh, they're also uh, they're also um, uh, being assembled within our facility in Indianapolis by uh, by veterans, which is another one of our initiatives. Well, that's very interesting. I'm told uh, I know just enough about the eyewear business to be dangerous. But uh, I'm told that um, 90% of the business is controlled by two companies, really, worldwide in terms of um, that uh, it's very difficult to break into this business and stay in it. Because once you come up with a niche, they find it and then uh, uh, drive you out with lower prices. How do you fight that? Well, I I wouldn't say that it's ninety ninety percent, but I would say it's a uh, it's a it's better than fifty percent is controlled by two companies. Uh, you know, the thing about it is, you know, they never they never came up with it before. Uh, I mean, they had something before, but you know, the something that they had before was 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 uh, was awful. And uh, it was kind of one of those things that you can either have this or have this. And, uh, you know, and so you had no choices. But, you know, one of the things that I'm grateful for is, you know, we, we, we develop all of our own product. We design all of our own product, okay? And we take great pride in that. We just don't have a designer that's one out of, a, you know, 100,000, 20,000 people that work for us. You know, we we are a very tight knit group. We have a we have a selection board that we set down, and everybody looks at everything. So, you know, with uh, with a few sets of eyes, we feel like we can make it better than anyone. And uh, sure, they can go out and try to undercut us, but at the end of the day, one we have the name, and two we have the uh, the passion and and drive to uh, to actually you know, develop the right stuff for the right people. You know, I'm a big guy, so guess what? I can develop stuff for big people. I know I know how <laughs> I want it to fit, and, you know, there's not, not a lot of difference between all of us. So, Well, we have three Midwesterners on the uh... – on, on on the show today, but let me let uh, I'm going to go back to Carrie because uh, you brought Rico. You brought uh, something up. Um, how do you uh, maintain your leadership? Say say that again. I'm sorry. Were you talking to me or her? No, I was. T- hopefully, Carrie, are you there? Okay. Sure. Yeah, I'm here. So, yeah, the leadership has changed a lot. At- since the business has grown and evolved, you know, in the beginning it was more about action, doing what I needed to do at the right time um, to grow the business. And then it's transitioned over the years. And um, in the beginning, you know, I went into this um, 
because of the problem, really, and I didn't want to be in sales. So I was like, okay, well, I love developing things, and I wanted to do the manufacturing and do all of that and be behind the scenes. And um, it, it did give me that in the beginning, but as the business is growing, um, leadership is really the the biggest strength that I bring to the company. And, and um, now we have a leadership team, and we have several de- we have departments with teams, Um, so being part of networks has been really critical to me, um, especially women's networks, because, um, one of the things that I've found and I'm really passionate about, um, partly because I experienced it and and it's such a reality is, um, to, to grow and scale a company. It's much easier for men than it is for women in certain industries because all of the leadership in that industry is so tightly held where small businesses um, like ours, we, uh, you know, we're innovators and enabled to grow and make the deals to get into some of those, say you want to sell to the government or you sell to the major retailers. You need to know how to, how to do that, right? Well, how do you, how do you do that? That information really is, is tightly held. So networks are key. Uh, for myself, I joined the um, EY I was selected as an entrepreneurial winning woman, and that's been key because there's 50 of us now. Um, some of us have, you know, are on our way to billion-dollar companies. Um, most of us come in. Um, I think the smallest is like $3 million, but an average of maybe $12 million in revenues. And you kind of you hit this wall. You're a leader, right, when you get to that size. But really to grow it to that next level, you you almost need people to help make introductions and to show you what leadership looks like at that level, um, unless yeah. you've experienced it in a big company. So for me, that that was really, really key. Um, and, and women are a little bit different from men. You, 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 um, you need to see it to believe it. <laughs> and the research is out there. Women, uh, when women are on boards, the company performs like six points better on profitability. Um, When women lead companies, they do really well. I think, um, was it Kevin O'Leary from Shark Tank says it, you know, guys are cowboyish compared to women. Um, You know, we're just naturally better um, collaborators. So the the approach is a little bit different growing a business um, by women um, so I'm happy about that. Our, even though we're still a small company, we're in the top one percentile of businesses our size run by a woman that's privately held. It's like extremely rare to do. Most companies sell out to the big competition, right? You get mm-hmm. to a point and you think you can't win. Well, I just I give the advice, find out how to win. Find people who have done it, and, and they're so there's people out there to help you. They're, you know, champions. They want to see you succeed. You know, David and Goliath. <laughs> Carrie, what, you said the group, but you just said the, the uh, what's it called? Well, there's a couple of networks I belong to. Um, EY, which is um, Ernst & Young. They're a leading advisor. Oh, okay. And, um, yeah, they pick entrepreneurs of the year. Well, they started a, um, a a group called EY Entrepreneurial Winning Women, and there's 50 of us. 
so we get together. We help each other events. I also um, joined um, the WeBank, Women's Business Enterprise National Council. And through that, um, I was able to get to Lowe's, for instance, and Target, um, Walgreens, companies that we, you know, we'd been trying to get into for years. But with that woman-owned distinction, at least it got me to a meeting, right? And then I still had to be better, faster, cheaper, and, and show up better, actually. So, But that helped me, you know, in my case. So if, if people are, um, you know, veterans, um, you, you can at least use what's in place to help you get to the table. Okay. Uh, I'm going to turn now to Jonathan. And we'll talk about leadership. Yeah. Uh, you're growing your t- your company right now. So what are you yeah. learning? Well, I am learning uh, quite a bit, actually. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge that we have had is understanding uh, uh, cash flow um, with our clients. You know, we deal with a variety of different types of clients, from ad agencies to PR firms to direct brands. And, and each of our clients has a different type of um, payment process. You know, some of them uh, pay out within 48 hours. Others have uh, managed to prepay their invoices. And then we have others where we've struggled to get them to pay their bill within 60 days. Um, that has been by far our biggest, our biggest struggle as a company is, you know, we hire independent contractors all across the country every day. And you do a project for, for $50,000. And, you know, a, a significant portion of that, if we're handling just staffing, is paid out to staff. And, you know, if the client doesn't pay their invoice until two to three months later, that puts you not only in a, in a financial bind for working capital, but also in a bind for your independent contractors because they, you know, we want to reward them and get them paid as soon as possible for their hard work for representing brands. Well, how do you deal with the, the poor payers? You know, is, is a question small business uh, owners constantly ask us. Well, you know what we ended up doing earlier this year. Unfortunately, we had two clients, for example, that were that were you know fifty thousand past due, uh, sixty plus days. And you know after after they paid up, we sat down with them and, and just had, had a frank conversation and said, you know, we need to figure out how to either turn this around or unfortunately we were not able to do business with you. Unfortunately, our profit margin on some of our projects are not uh, are not large enough or significant enough for us to carry the financial burden on that. And, and one of the things I've learned as a small business as well is, you know, we just recently renamed ourselves uh, from one company to, you know, to Modern Promos. And as a, as a brand new corporation, I think both of you will understand that, or all of you will understand that you can't just walk out and, you know, get a $100,000 line of credit with a, with a brand new company name. It's, um, it's challenging, it's difficult, and, you know, we've we've had some uh, you know we've had some ups and downs with that, but we're we're trying to get by as best as we can. I will tell you that Bluevine has been amazing for us. You know, they've worked with us on a different type of uh, schedule for uh, for invoice factoring uh, than what we than, I guess than what they traditionally do. They each industry they, they've tried to, to develop different types of you know terms and, and agreements with that particular business and. You know, I don't, I don't necessarily know if I would still be in business if it wasn't for, you know, it wasn't for a company like that that was willing to work with a, a new company like us. Please explain what Bluevine is. I know, but our audience would not. So Bluevine is a an organization uh, based out of uh, 
uh, just south of San Francisco, and they do invoice factoring. So for a company like myself, we would do a project with a client. Uh, after the project is completed, uh, we would invoice the client via our QuickBooks, and then that would synchronize or sync with uh, Bluevine and allow uh, them to to uh, accelerate some type of you know payment on that invoice. So we we receive 85% of that invoice, and 15% sits there um, lingering. Uh, what then happens is we then pay a percentage to borrow on that money per week, depending on how long we need it. So if we only need it for a week, we only pay for a week. If we need it for three or four weeks, we pay on it for three or four weeks. Uh, and then from there, the client will dispatch the invoice payment directly to a particular address. Uh, I think it's it might be like a Wells Fargo um, care of our name. And once that invoice comes in, we re- the invoice payment comes in, and we receive an email that says you know, you've received a payment from you know X Y Z client. Um, that'll be in your account tomorrow, and then it it's put as a pass through. The nice mm-hmm. thing is, is they deduct those those costs or those charges from that pass through payment that is made, so there's really no money out of pocket for, for me as an organization. I'm not having to pay anything up front. I'm not having to pay anything after that payment comes through. Oh, that's really interesting. I hope uh, uh, I learned something new already. Now we're going to go to uh, Rico. Uh, uh, you, you've been in business for a long time. You've grown. You have a leadership now. Um what are some of the problems you've encountered, and what are your, some of your successes? Well, I mean, I think anybody in the consumable business, you know, um, unless you're fully integrated, I think one of the problems that you always uh, face, no matter what, is the problem with manufacturing. So, you know, you have to, you have to, you know, keep in mind we're worlds apart, you know, from, uh, from Asia. And, you know, so it's, it's a, it's a challenging, challenging bit with them at times and trying to get, uh, everything in here. Um, you know, as they say, it's coming in the, the, probably the biggest issue is, is they, uh, you know, uh, not a lot of people that deal, that deals with Asia, knows that one of the biggest issues with them is getting them to be honest with what is truly coming and what is not truly coming. So when you don't, when they, when they don't, or when they tell you something and you relay that to your customer, well, you know, uh, that causes friction for everyone and uh, we're right at the center of it. So, you know, we've we've gotten better with that program just due to the fact that we, you know, we order a lot more weeks of in stock for us, and uh, you know that is that has helped with our success. That has helped you know us achieve you know uh, several several thousands of pairs of frames that we sell per week, uh, and you know it's it, it's like. Again, I'll say, you know, it's like any consumable business, you're always reinventing yourself and you're always trying to stay in front of it. So I believe that we're doing a great job with that and uh, we have some great, exciting products, you know, that we're bringing as well. But but, you, but you're onshoring. You're bringing some of that manufacturing onshore. 
that's a, a major change for a company like yours. It it is, and you know the 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 thing about it is the stuff that we're bringing on is product that we are just now introducing into the marketplace. So we you know spent a significant amount of money buying molds to bring over, you know to bring this product back and to uh, inject a lot of this product here. And uh, once we got it back here, it you know it. Uh, again, the uh, the molds weren't exactly what they were said to be. So, the, you know, the issue the issue is that you uh, that you end up uh, that you end up having uh, you know having to rework some stuff, and you don't start just as fast as you think you know as you think or as you thought you were going to. And uh, so. Yeah, it, it causes a lot of problems, but you know, one of the successes in this is that now it is here, and now we are using it, and now we are, you know, producing with those molds. You know, we're we're seeing quite the increase in sales for our uh, our Sun program. So it just it just, <coughs> it just adds to uh, everything else that's uh, great that's going on. If I can go a step further, in effect, you're saying you're able to manufacture here in the United States uh, at a level able to compete with what uh, uh, the Chinese are providing. Absolutely. With the quality of product that we are providing here, we have quality products in China, but it it's harder to control, right? So with the quality of products that we have here, the uh you know the made in america thing is a is a huge deal bigger than huge and uh you know the control that you the control that you have over it is another thing that is that is you know that is huge so you know when you have control over it to the point where you can you can uh you know in a in a short flight be to the factory not you know 16, 20 hours away, uh, you can be to the factory. You can be dealing with it. They're on the, you know, they're on the same time zone as you. So you're not up in the middle of the night trying to address problems when you can't deal with it at your office, which is, you know, the most conducive way. So I mean, it, there's there's a lot of upsides to it. You know, the duties, the taxes coming into the country, um, you know, ship shipping costs. Uh, is is absorbent, you know, uh, at, at different times of the year. But you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of upside to it. And uh, you know what? We're uh, we we've got plenty of able-bodied people that deserve great jobs. So we we are more than happy to provide them. Well, I'd like to go to Carrie for a second. You said your manufacturing's in North Carolina and your business is in South North Dakota. What made you decide to go to um, North Carolina rather than put everything in uh, in North Dakota? Sure, it was um, it was a decision based on um, we run a two percent carbon footprint company, so we always set out to be lean, mean, and green. Right, lean is continuous improvement. Um, mean is we um, you know stick to our word and you know, go through the grind of every day what it takes to grow a business. And green is, um, you know, doing things in a better way and, and being a role model for other businesses. 
Um, so it was tough for us to to uproot and go down there, but it was the best interest of our customer. Um, we didn't really feel that customers should have to pay for our waste, right? <laughs> because of the products that go into our our repellents all come from farms. Everything is grown. It's a, it's a plant that goes into it. So we buy our ingredients from farmers, um, and then we have to process them, right, get the oils out of the, the plants and so on and so forth, and then ship them all the way out here west, um, make the product, and then ship it all the way back out east. It just simply wasn't um, efficient for us. So North Carolina turned out to be a good place for that. Plus, there was um, a community of people there, too, who were very like-minded. Um, there was a lot of manufacturing, people out of jobs from the um, textiles um, downturn, um, and then there was good uh, family values, really good schools, which was important to me uh, for our employees as we grow and scale. Uh, so that's that's how that started. It was always in the best interest of our customer, even though it was more inconvenient for me <laughs> to travel back and forth. But it's working mm. well. Um. Jonathan, you're listening yes, to sir. these two, these two uh, uh, people who uh, different industries, but different approaches. Yet, uh, I tell you, it's one of this program has been uh, really encouraging to me. This is the first uh, group uh, on this program since the beginning, uh, where they're bringing manufacturing back from China, uh, and that's really heartening to me. What are your thoughts now? You've heard these two uh, talking. Uh, Carrie, Carrie's obviously doing well. Rico's doing well. Do you have any thoughts on uh, uh, on promoting them, or what are your thoughts on all of this? Well, I think they're both very, very good businesses, and uh, and they seem like they they have captured definitely their um, definitely some some space within their their industry. I think the key for both of them is to get their product in consumers' hands, to get them to trial trial or try on, I guess, their product or their, um, I guess, try on or trial their product. But um, the challenge that we have as marketers, as marketers is getting consumers to want to spend money on a product they've never tried before or they've never used or they've never worn. I think that is the key is to get consumers to, to, to get their products in their hands. Well, I agree with you. They seem to have it. Uh, Rico, I'm going to ask you, what is the uh, – obviously, it's that uh, – your products, what is the consumer name and where do they find it, your products? So the, so the consumer name is under Fat Heads. We as well, uh, you know, we as well have uh, other lines. One is John Raymond. Another one is uh, Dia. But – uh, you know, we we sell in all the Walmart Vision Centers, U.S., Canada, Mexico, Puerto Rico. We have an operation in Australia, New Zealand, the U.K., Russia. So we we uh, you know it, it, very right by saying you know what, getting it in their hands is 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 a huge deal. But uh, it's an easy sell once they pick it up because they they. They find that it is something that it, that they've you know that they've needed, and uh, you know it's uh, 
it's it's definitely a, definitely an everyday challenge making sure that you stay in front of that. Rico, do you just out of curiosity, do you do any type of event marketing? Do you go out to, to different types of events that I guess would cater to your demographic? Do you go to concerts and you know let consumers try on your products or I guess touch them, feel them? Try them on. I mean, I mean, it, you know, the thing about it is, we used to do a bunch of. Uh, I mean, well, let me back up. So we do trade shows to start with, uh, uh, but they're industry trade shows. But we also, you know, in the past we've done, you know, Bike Week in Daytona. We've done, uh, you know, the one in um, uh, in uh, Myrtle Beach. Uh, we go to a lot of racing events just due to the fact of where we're located here. And uh, but yes, yeah, we we absolutely do some of that as well. Okay. Okay. Well, you okay. know, uh, uh, we uh, last year we were involved. We had on this program uh, someone who makes um, uh, Polaroid sunglasses. They're not Polaroid, and they're the only ones permitted uh, to be used by airline pilots uh, because um, apparently uh, uh, the, the LED uh, readouts, if you have Polaroid sunglasses on, they don't come out. And all he does is go to aviation events, and that's how he makes his, his uh, money and gets his business going. Um, uh, have you... Obviously, you've tried these, uh, Rico. Does it work, or um, uh, do you like it, or well, uh, do you have I any mean, idea? It, you know, the thing about it is, does it work? Yes, to a certain level. Uh, you know, uh, you know, anybody could tell you it's, it's pretty hard to measure that. I mean, uh, if somebody looks at it today. You know, do they uh, do they do they buy it a week from now? You know, uh, did they buy it today? So I think it's I, I really think it's a uh, I think it's a necessary evil by all means or a necessary deal. I shouldn't say evil, but I think it's a necessary deal by all means. Uh, but it but it also is it's challenging to quantify the numbers every time you do it. So if somebody's wanting to do it and they go out there and they go, wow, you know what, we just, we just really knocked this out of the park. Well, you know what, that happens seldom, but, uh, it's, you know, it's still, uh, and that's one of the challenges. That's one of the challenges as an agency is how do you, how do you measure those? And, And many times it's, it's not necessarily about measuring. It's about what can we do to, to raise the brand awareness you know, a consumer, it may not drive a consumer to, to purchase a product, brand, or service immediately, but if we can raise the brand awareness and at least give a, a consumer a touch point to that brand to increase the uh, consideration when, you know, they're going to purchase the product. So, for example, with Carrie's products, you know, if, if we could do a street team, for example, where we went out and handed out uh, a thousand sample trials of a repellent to consumers that might be going into a large-scale event or going into an outside concert or going to the lakes at night to watch the fireworks on the 4th of July, you know, we wouldn't necessarily know how many of those consumers went to retail to purchase, but we could do add-on components like maybe a bounce-back coupon or, you know, do some, I guess, some interviews or something to drive them to social media. You know, if you if you love your repellent, you know, stop by our Facebook page and, 
tell us how amazing the fireworks were or something like that. It, it, I guess it's not always um, there's not always a way to, to measure that that sell through. It's, it's true. That's so true. You know, in our experience, what we've seen is people just it, the habits right now are still ninety percent of the people just reach for a poison. It's a habit, and it's almost we have to get the product in their hand. They have to use it. Like Don, he said that today. I used it. It works. You know, people are always really surprised. So for us, we put quite a bit of budget into getting the product in people's hands because um, testimonies are really what what does a lot for us and sells. People just, they don't believe ads anymore. So we've taken, yeah. we've gone out in like New York City in the subways with street teams um, last, I think it was August or October. Um, we did, and we have life-size mice that my, I call them my posse. We go out and we'll give samples, and we had signs and had a lot of fun with it and had a videographer with us so we could share it and talk about it. Um, and we're trying our first social sampling campaign um, digital. In fact, I think it may have already started where we'll have um, out in California where there's a spider problem, and we'll have testers testing it, and it'll be all social and, and digital um, and then drive them into our stores. Uh, for instance, right now, for well, all summer long in Lowe's, we our products are all on the end cap, and it's like 350 stores or something. Um, but still, you know, we're not going to stay unless the product walks off the shelf and moves. Um, naturally, people are going to try it, but they have to. There has to be a good repeat purchase rate, uh, and there has to be some kind of sampling or advertising. Um, to to get extra people in there, so um, I'm glad ever, that you get, mentioned that. Do, do you ever get an opportunity to put like a brand ambassador next to that end cap to to say, hey, are you familiar with this? Here, try a sample of it or smell this on. I mean, think of think of when you walk through like Macy's and they give you a sample of the perfume on a little card so the consumer can yeah. smell it or see it or touch it and then give them a bounce back coupon to purchase it there or you purchase one and get one free so you can give it to a friend. That's a good idea, and we're going to start doing – right now it's me. I used to be one of those perfume girls, and I used to walk <laughs> around. And so that's how I know about pest control. Aside from growing up with an entomologist for a father, I had to spray perfumes, and I had horrible headaches every day from it. So I was like, okay, well, pests are pretty sensitive, so they'll get headaches from ourselves too. <laughs> <laughs> but it works. You know, it, it really works. We'll, we'll probably have to talk because right now, everywhere I travel, I go in and I talk to stores and I, and I do that very thing. And you can see the sales move. It really moves the dial. It's caring. You know, it's showing up. It's showing up and caring. I think that's mm-hmm. the biggest thing you can do to grow a brand. Well, uh, Carrie... Um, we're coming to the close of the program. What is the one thought you'd like to leave with our audience today? <laughs> Use natural. It works. Try stay away. Um, it, um, you'll be glad that you did. <laughs> uh, Jonathan, what would you <laughs> salesperson Thank to the you. end, right? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> uh, what? 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 I'm going to let Rico go. Let me think about that. That's a tough one for me. Let me think about that. Rico, what and your you... question. Go ahead. Uh, well, what's your final uh, one final thought for today 
for our audience if you had something you wanted to say. Don't wear uncomfortable eyewear. And, you know, what, uh, you know, the conversation about, you know, being a brand ambassador and, you know, the street teams and all that stuff. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's exactly right. I don't know how many people believe ads anymore. Uh, I zip right past them, probably just like everybody else does. So, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one of those things you can, you can look at the, look at the product and, you know, know that it's the right stuff. And so it's, uh, yeah, definitely always a challenge, but you know, if you, uh, if you look hard enough, there's probably something to, uh, rise to the occasion. Well, I will say also, I want to congratulate you on bringing, uh, back, uh, product, uh, manufacturing to the United States. Um, uh, you're the first one on our program to say it, and uh, awesome. I, I think it's important. Well, you're gonna thank- you're gonna start seeing you're gonna start seeing uh, you're gonna start seeing a lot more of it. We've got a we've got a great opportunity to you know uh, you know we got a great opportunity for all of us to you know do our part as entrepreneurs, uh, business people. To you know, to get out there and drive this American business. I mean, if you know, if everybody else on this call has, you know, people working for them, they can buy my glasses. And if the people that are working for me needs to, you know, repel, a, a, you know, something, they can buy from the, you know. So I mean, it's the circ, it's the circle that uh, that keeps it all going. So I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that you know. If if everybody that's doing business in Asia right now walked out, they don't have a sustainable economy where it could keep itself moving. So, you know, I'm not trying to say let's break them because that's not what I'm getting at, but I want to make our economy more sustainable, and I believe that all of us can do it if we try hard enough. Good thoughts. Jonathan, you're going to get the last word. I- I, I, I am, I am. So I would say as a small business owner, constantly be thinking about how you can let your target or your consumer or I guess your business-to-business type of uh, demographic, how they can experience your product, brand, or service. That is the key because traditional advertising doesn't, isn't as effective as it, as it was in the past. Uh, I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, uh, I really want to thank you three uh, for a really enjoyable program. I hope you enjoyed it as much as our audience did. Yes, thank Thank you very much for uh, the invitation. Thank you for listening tonight. All of our guests are invited because they offer actionable advice to our audience. They do not pay to join us, but rather demonstrate their capacity for helping our audience add profits. Thank you for listening, and we'll be here again next week with other experts to talk about ways to improve your profit picture. Remember, we're here every week at blogtalkradio.com slash smallbusinessdigest. Hello? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 